Thank you for tuning in to Kondo Comrades, the number one podcast about Netflix's tidying up with Marie Kondo and other events in the Kondoverse. I'm your life-changing host, Eric Haoli, a.k.a. the Planner God, a.k.a. the Skincare Spender, the Sock Sponsor Seeker. I am here with Mr. Yikes himself, Kenneth Deakins, a.k.a. the Book Burner, a.k.a. Kenny Kondo, a.k.a. what else, Kenny? Um, I, th- I think you covered it. We're going to come up with some more for you. And listeners, feel free to feel free to send in nicknames for me or Eric. I don't. I don't think anyone cares enough about us to do that. <laughs> what you're suggesting requires actual effort from people um, invested <laughs> in what they're listening to, and uh, I, I struggle to convince myself that we have anyone like that. That's probably probably true. Great, great way to start the podcast. <laughs> Feel free this to prove a... Eric wrong by, by yeah. sending in your request. Yeah, well, you know what? Maybe that'll be what, what drives them because nothing motivates people more than spite. It's it's true. I'm a, I'm a huge spite proponent. Well, that's actually half of the reason why we record this because of all the spite we have for uh, Marie Kondo's haters, right? It's it's true. We couldn't just, just sit at home and take it and we had to form our own Marie Kondo defense force. Which, by the by, the way, was another title I came up with for the show. You didn't I was tell me about, about that one. I kind of, I kind of like that one. It, Marie Kondo Defense Force. I actually searched for it on Twitter and on on Google, and it was actually never had never been uttered before. So that's a, that's an Eric original. That should be our hashtag. That one's not going to take off. I I don't, I don't know. So. We begin every one of our podcasts with apologies. Did we? Did we begin our first episode with apologies? I don't think we did. Which is, which is under. <laughs> I, I think we maybe preemptively apologized for things. Well, if we didn't, we're deeply sorry that we left that part out of our first episode. Um, what we didn't leave out in that episode was our blasting of the friend family who we've now brought up four episodes in a row. We can't, we can't let them go. Why do you think that is? I think I think they're pretty memorable um, in a lot of ways. When I first watched it, I thought that this was a very vanilla family to kick off the pilot with, and that I I didn't understand how they were going to keep people invested in the show. Uh, but apparently, they they picked the right one because we've been trying to dunk on them for the entire lifetime of the show. Do you, do you think there's an alternate universe where they switch the orders around and our show is completely different because we we started off on a different foot? It changes the tone yeah. of, of everything. Just imagine if they started off with this episode as the first one and we just like yeah. didn't spend every you know, we just like didn't start off with a blast zone of the people the people on the show and everything was just positive <laughs> all the time, but we just we just kept that up. Yeah, we'd be way more respectful and what a what a wild universe that is! What better people we are in that universe that you're imagining? Yeah. So what something we did in when we talked about the friend family before is I think we made fun of them for not having books because Marie Kondo just that's usually one of one of her processes that she goes over through her her um, Con Marie method of the different categories that she likes to go over tidying first being clothes and then second being books. And it hasn't been something that they've really addressed until this episode that we're about to talk about. And I think we blasted the first family for not having that, but it turns out 
that they just wanted to hold on to discussing how you would go through books because it even though other families have had books they haven't gone through it so i don't know i'm i'm rambling but i just want to apologize if i implied that a certain family was not literate and didn't enjoy books yeah i and what what were they that reminds me of another apology which is that in an early episode we were discussing the conbering method and we couldn't name all five categories um, which is pretty bad for, for a podcast about, you know, the Conmory Con method and Marie Kondo. But but I can do it now. It's it's in order. Uh-huh. Um, it's clothing, then books, then paper, then um, sort of the big category, which I actually just forgot the name of. But it's garage, kitchen, and miscellaneous. And then it's sentimental items. So, bam. I give myself like a, a 90% on that quiz that I did you for myself. <laughs> did you uh, have that all in memory or did yeah, you have a list of that? Yeah, I, pro- I probably, I, yeah, I was like, I should really know this. And so when they brought it up this episode, I was like, I'm going to remember this. Did you remember it out of spite? Yes. Yeah. See, <laughs> it's what, it, it, what drives, uh, it's what drives so much of what we do. Uh, we're terrible people. <laughs> it's true. Um. And that leads into my other apology to our listeners that we're still forcing them to listen to this podcast um, well into February when the, the show released in January. I think we just waited too long to start it up. And I think people have long abandoned the series, but we're, <laughs> we're mean, still it, forcing it, them. It's it's Netflix. So everyone just like watches it all in like a week. Um, yeah. And maybe this wasn't the best way. To, to do the show that we decided to do uh but well uh, so sorry people who follow me on twitter that i'm constantly putting links in front of you that you have to listen to me and kenny do you make a lot of your friends listen to this and force other people you know no i, d- I don't I, I unlike you i'm not a not a big social media thing influencer so you're not a, a self-promoter yeah and I, I, I also think you owe all your, your, you, right. This podcast is basically methadone for, for tiny cartridge act addicts. Cause it's, it's sort of, they can kind of hear your voice, but it's not the real thing. And it's not about video games. So it's not really what they want, but if they, if they really yeah. got that fix. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of people who I've put pointed towards this podcast are probably more followers of some of the other work I do at tiny cartridge, which is a, a video game website and podcast. And I, I know I've disappointed a lot of people by, by focusing more of my efforts on this. It's not to say that I'm not going to do more work and um, podcast episodes for tiny cartridge soon. Um, this has just been fun. And unlike, unlike my work on that, I barely have to do anything for this. Kenny does all the editing. So it's very easy for me to participate in this. I because, didn't yeah. think those words would ever be uttered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's worth pointing out because people think, why am I um, doing doing this when there's all these other projects that I've been involved with for so long? I know we definitely had some haters on, on Twitter who were like angry that I keep promoting this podcast. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I think you you've reaped the the followers you deserve. Who, <laughs> and hate Tidy. So, I, 
I don't know. I think a lot of them appreciate it. A lot of them are having fun with it. And if you don't like it, you don't got to listen to it I, and you can fuck off. I, so. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I followed you Twitter for a while and I didn't, it took me a while to realize it was actually supposed to be about video games. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know why it's just now that, that some people are coming to the realization that you, you don't always talk about video games. I, that's not to knock anyone whose Twitter feed is all video games all the time. It's, I, I have a lot of interests. You do you. More likely also that I, I'll just am easily distracted. So that's our apologies. And th- thank you for listening this far in. Uh, those of you who um, want us to just quickly get to the Marie Kondo content. But before we do that, we're, g- we're going to talk about what we've been tidying so far. Because uh, we try to take some of what we learn from the episodes we watch and apply it to our life. Have you been doing any actual tidying? Um, I, what I did, I would say is tidying adjacent, which is, so we, we have a dresser and it's on our floor, but our floor is like warped and on a little bit of a tilt. So the dresser drawers always come open. You know, like, and it's usually fine until like right after laundry day, you put all your clothes in and then like the drawers just like slide open because it, it's tilted down and the weight of the clothes pulls it open. Uh-huh. Um, that's a very interesting problem yeah and it's it just kind of annoying and so i finally got around to um wedging wedging the the one side the one side of it up a little bit so that it was less of a tilt and they would stop falling open um and so that has happened and now they stopped falling open and it's been nice it sounds like a hazard for your your knees your shins I don't know how low these dresser drawers are, but if if they just like spontaneously open or if they're open and you don't know and you're walking around the room and you can run into them. I guess it's kind of in the corner, so I don't think I've ever ran into it. Okay, whatever, Kenny. I'm I'm trying to imagine all sorts of slapstick comedy going on in your house and you don't want (laughs) to... I'm sorry. I mean, I'm too busy slipping on the banana peels to... (laughs) <laughs> it's a it's a real uh, a screwball environment over there yeah um i i have not been do- like alexis actually been doing a lot of tidying she's been packing away a lot of clothes to donate and going through her things and me not so much because i, I kind of did that earlier in the year today i did a bit of more cleaning than tidying i think that's we we haven't really talked about how cleaning is very different from tidying in especially the way that uh, is presented in the show Mm -hmm. because people automatically connect the two and think that, you know, mix them up or interchange the terms because cleaning is more like your dirt and your dust around the house and grime and stuff that is um, very unattractive rather than actual clutter and things that you're just disorganized. And that's kind of, I've been focusing more on the cleaning side of things lately which is i guess also tidying adjacent yeah is the term that we want to use i i would say that oftentimes um tidying is a precondition for for cleaning because when you have like a pile of shit in the corner dust collects in there and you can't really get to it or like mold mm-hmm. happens when you so it's like you need to have stuff tidy and organized so that you can clean stuff um is is sort of how i think of it but i i i would have i agree on the the label tidying adjacent yeah. So I spent a lot of this afternoon vacuuming. And 
I don't know, that's not very exciting, but it's exciting for me because now my carpet is less gross and I I can can sit on it without feeling like <laughs> feeling guilty because you sit down and then you think, "Oh man, I really need to vacuum." And then if you don't get to it that day, every every time you're you you sit down, you're reminded like, "Oh, I'm living in filth." What <laughs> why why am I the way that I am? And it's it's nice to to actually get that out of the way so I don't feel feel that. I actually vacuum today too. How often do you vacuum? Not often enough. Like <laughs> it's like um it's infrequent enough that I'm embarrassed to say on a podcast that is te- televised to people I know. <laughs> that, that's how often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel like admitting that is uh, I'm proud of myself that I can even be vague about it mm-hmm. and not just lie. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that would be something uh, a few years ago I would just slap lie about. Like, oh yeah, I'm vacuuming every other week. That is actually how often I vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Kenny. <laughs> well, it's um. So we get like these like dust clumps in the corners because of how, like I guess like the the wind flow in our apartment, and so there's like two or three corners that get they get like a bunch of dust in them, and like uh-huh. real big dust dust balls. I don't I don't understand. Dust bunnies always confuse me as a word, um. So I, I refuse to use it. It doesn't make any sense to me, um. That, is it problematic? No, it just I just it's just confusing. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand what it's, it's what's supposed it's supposed to convey. Yeah, maybe it's just an attempt to make it cute because you feel bad that your house is in a condition where there's all this dust and so mm-hmm. that's what you I by the way, I'm making all this bullshit up. That might not be true. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's a way to to lessen the shame of having a dusty house. But so yeah, I feel guilty that I don't vacuum enough, especially because I have I went ahead and bought such an expensive vacuum because I thought it would motivate me. But although I have to say when I do vacuum, it is a pleasure because I got a how do you I think we have the same vacuum, right? Yeah, I think we do. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'll let you pronounce it though, oh, I, the I, name of it. I don't know what it's called. We, <laughs> we're both trying to dodge it. It's a uh, um, Miel M I E L L E. It's a it's a German, and like that Volkswagen commercial, the German engineering is is good stuff. Yeah, it's one of those canister ones. Yeah, where um you kind of drag it behind you, and it's it's like all white, mm-hmm. and so it looks like an Apple product, and it it just looks, it looks really cool. It looks like a small robot. Yeah, it does. And also, you always insist you are not an Apple fanboy, but you're clearly obsessed with Apple products. Uh, I'm not really obsessed. I just like things that work and that I don't have to think about again. Okay. Kind of like the, with my vacuum, like growing up, I went through some very traumatic vacuum situations mm-hmm. with those like upright stick vacuums mm. where like something always happens where a, a piece of nylon would gunk up the um whatever is spinning inside it and then all of a sudden your whole apartment smells like something's burning and either that or having vacuums that have no suction which is way discouraging i told you my vacuum story right no tell me so my first job i worked at a a a garden shop that sold like flowers and uh like flowers that you like plant in the ground and stuff like that 
um, and like dirt and pots and stuff like that. And so the, the way this business worked is basically, so the time at which people plant stuff is actually like a pretty small window of time. So they need a bunch of people to work for because they, you know, they like do a ton of business for like Memorial Day weekend, like two or three weeks after and two or three weeks before. And then, you know, they sort of like after that, they like lay a bunch of people off and the people who are still around. It sort of isn't as much work for them. And so they like are like, OK, here's some like random tasks we need you to do. And one of them was I had to I had to like vacuum a bunch of the indoor building they had. And so my boss was like, all right, you know, here's all the vacuums. And he took me into this room where there's like 30 different vacuums. And they're all like different brands. I have no idea where they came from. They're all like different kinds of vacuums. He's like, I don't know which ones work. So just figure it out. <laughs> and so I, I had to try out like all these vacuums that didn't work. And it was, it was just like this, like, you know, I, and like, it was also like we were vacuuming like a place where you had to like take the vacuums there. And it, it wasn't like in this room. And it was, it was the most ridiculous thing. And like the, none of them had any suction. All of them were terrible. And someone really needed to tidy them up and get rid of all the vacuums that didn't bring them joy because they're all useless. Yeah, holding on to that many vacuums, it doesn't make sense to me. I guess like the the idea is maybe one day some of them will be fixed, or I I don't know. But yeah, like having a vacuum that doesn't work or that doesn't have suction is very, like I said, discouraging, and you get frustrated. And that's why I was okay with spending a lot of money on a vacuum yeah it really sucks when your vacuum doesn't work oh that's great there kenny <laughs> i didn't no i not intended <laughs> not intended okay um yeah i i i actually have a lot of fun using this super expensive vacuum but i don't use it enough i like, I like my vacuum too Oh, we we need to put like a a fill, we're gonna sell people on this vacuums. Yeah, yeah. We'll put an we'll put an affiliate link for them because they're really expensive. Um, they're the they're the ones that Wirecutter recommended, and um, we need to kind of uh, get back some of the money that we spent. <laughs> I think we're like really lucky that we don't have kids, and so we can spend money on dumb shit like <laughs> vacuums. <laughs> Like it costs as much as a PlayStation Three is what I remembered at the time when I bought it because I was like I should get a PlayStation Three, and then instead I got this vacuum that looked like a PlayStation Three. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I feel like we're apologizing <laughs> for something you said there next episode. Yeah, probably. <laughs> exactly, there's a there's a lot you can apologize for there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our um, uh, Marie Kondo Player Haters Club. Because I, I kind of want to direct our listeners' hate towards someone other than, than me right now. <laughs> That's a good call. And, and who easier to hate than racists, right? Um, you'd think that, but yeah, you look at <laughs> what? No. <laughs> you look at our country and you look at our president and here we are. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I, I see what you mean. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna. We just got on the iTunes store. We're gonna kill our our reviews and ratings, Kenny. <laughs> I mean, no good publicity is bad. Pu- Wait, no. All I, publicity I, is good publicity. That's the one. Y- yeah, you, you you don't have to ask it as if it's a question. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you want to take us through here? 
Yeah, I think we've talked we've been talking about this on and off for a while and sort of there've been a bunch of articles and this this one in particular um in in Paper Mag by Wuqing Zhang. Wuqing Zhang. Apologies mm-hmm. if I said said your name wrong. Um but anyway, sort of talking about that a lot of the the article title by the way is the not so subtle racism behind the Marie Kondo criticism. Yeah, and I I, I think you know we talked about this a bunch offline and the, the idea that a lot, a lot of the critiques you know sort of come come from seem kind of racist and are like if martha stewart has been on a similar vein and there's like all the huge industry you know largely like white women um some some white men who, who say a lot of the similar vein of stuff and they don't see nearly the hate that that uh Mira Kondo has yeah and it's yeah, like some of the the, the specific um, issues I've seen people bring up is just how dismissive people are of um, the the process she shares as being this sort of um, mystical, like East Eastern Asian mystical um, practice, and uh, just dismissing it as in in that way as I don't know what what is the exact exact phrase that this article uses oh it, it, dismissing it as fairy finger woo woo nonsense is how some people some people kind of present their arguments and it's kind of like code coded racist um terms. yeah and i i think i actually um should, should just take some heat for this because i think in the first episode i i talked about how you know some of the stuff she was doing came across to me as like hippie bullshit at first but i think I think as I, I've seen more and more of it, I've, you know, some, some of the stuff that um, like in this episode, she, she wakes up the books. Um, but I, I think I've, I, you know, while at first I could, I could see it, you know, way I was like, I don't really understand this, but I think, I think a lot of it comes from a place that makes a lot of sense. And it's all about sort of really forcing yourself to look at these objects and treat your objects with respect and really think about them. And I, I think there's, you know, sort of, I think, I think a lot of, I mean, there's, there's a racism and I think a lot of people dismiss it because they don't want to confront their own reality that they need to tidy up their own shit. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it is projecting that, um, someone is telling them that they have a problem, that they have a problem and that they need to fix it when either they don't want to address their own problems with, um, disorganization and having too much stuff or they um they just don't like to hear anyone say anything bad about their their lifestyle and how they they want they've chosen to live like and people people just imagine that it's a direct attack at them and it's not necessarily this this show and this method is for the people seeking it out not for um not for just people who are you know, not not looking for it, who are just standing around saying, "Oh, this thing that's really popular is a direct attack on me." Yeah, and and I think, I mean, I think, I think it's definitely it's it partially comes from a place of like not wanting to confront their own position or not, you know, or feeling attacked, and partially comes from a place of just like who is who is Marie Kondo to tell me what to do? And I think that you know who is this this um you know, there's this Asian woman to tell me what to do with my life. And I, I think, I think it can be very, a very racist perspective um, and sort of ethnocentric about, you know, this idea that like 
you know, it, it comes into like, who's a non-white person to tell me what to do? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of weird. I'm seeing the way that some people write about her in this, in the same kind of language you hear people like fetishize um, East Asian women or Asian women and just like saying, oh, this, this little Asian pixie or, or using like talking about her weight and just making sure to emphasize how tiny and exotic she is. It's very strange to, um, to see that sort of like uh, the way that Western people describe her in their critiques. Yeah. I think that's, that's very, that's very true. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it goes beyond just emphasizing her otherness or um, Asians otherness in this country, but you know, just using the same sort of weirdo language when you, when you fetishize uh, someone like that. Yeah. And to me, the, the thing that's always stood out to me is how happy she was all the time. And like, she, yeah. she's so excited to, to help people tidy. And I don't, that's, that's the cheap key, key takeaway from like watching the show to me about her as a person. Like if you want to praise something about her, her physical appearance, let it be about her flawless skin. Cause I, I sometimes I watch this episode. I'm like, what is Marie Kondo's fucking skincare routine? Cause I need cheeks that, <laughs> that rosy and clear. <laughs> Am I going to be apologizing oh, for that in the next so. episode? I think, I think, I think that's fine. I'm, I'm seriously in awe of, of her and, um, what's her assistant's name? Uh, Ida? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, what what else did we want to talk about with, with uh, yeah, and I I, th- I think we talked about a little bit that like, you know, there can often be a resistance to listening to people, um, you know, I, I think you you talked to me a bunch about this that you that the key idea for you is that people should seek advice from people who aren't like them, um, and that you know you should respect the insight of other people and not just say. I only will take advice from other white people or other white men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing with, with when you work in groups, when you inter- introduce someone who has a different background or who has an outsider's perspective, you'll always see, well, you'll tend to see more success in whatever goal that they're trying to achieve. Um, and it, it's the same kind of thing with like, if if the only people you associate with or that you look up to, or you, you look to are people who are exactly like you, it's you, there's very few opportunities for growth there in terms, in just the way you look at things, the way you are as a person. And so I, I think it's important to, to kind of find not just, not just advice, but trying to emulate things you see in people who look and are very different from you. Like uh, Marie Kondo, for instance, she's not just um, just a woman and someone who's non-American, but also someone who's a mother, someone who's seems very at peace with herself. And um, I just, just a lot of her is like something that is very different from me, but I can, I aspire to be like, not, you know, not necessarily a mother, but like someone who has like a very caring attitude towards people and uh kind of like sensitive towards um 
just uh, I don't know. You, you, <laughs> I'm kind of no, I, I got something over. That was really good. Um, you know, I, no, I, I, I just have a lot of ideas going through my head, and I kind of mix confuse myself here. No, no, I, I thought you came across as well, and I think there is there is a lot about her to aspire to, and sort of she really, really, you know, has a healthy outlook on sort of tidying and helping other people. And it's a very, you know, very people focused attitude. Uh, she has a patience that I admire too. And um, I'm never feel like she's about to blow up at anyone. I, I guess that would be good to convey on a TV show like, this, but, but I, I can see that it's, she's probably because of how successful she is. She's, probably has that sort of relationship with most of her clients where she's very patient with people and um, people feel comfortable working with yeah. her. Yeah. I think it's a key part of um, what she's doing is that pe- pe- there can be a lot of guilt and shame around sort of being untidy. And if you, if you come across as judgy or um, not taking, not help taking people on their terms, you know, you can sort of alienate them and cause them to sort of become defensive about the things they need to do. And it's, it's not productive to, to what needs to happen to allow tidying to happen. I'm really happy that as we go along, the, the people that she helps, all her clients on this TV show are um, like, like we're talking about very different from her, yet they're also welcoming of her. And I guess it just hurts me that more people online aren't like that. Like I want everyone to be like, oh, here's an opportunity to learn from her. It, it really, this really is a great opportunity and um, for everyone because I, th- I think she's really good at what she does. Um, and you know, her her program of tidying seems very good and very actionable. And uh, finally, we can get into uh, this episode of tidying up. The fourth one, this one focused on Margie Hodge and her husband, Rick. Um, this episode was more, it was very different from the the ones before it because the the, su- the subject was a widow whose, whose husband had really recently passed and her trying to get through all the stuff that they'd accumulate, accumulated together and like all the sort of... Um, the, the issues that come up with like getting rid of a, a lost loved one's things that are in your house. I was really excited for this episode because, you know, I, I have a bunch of feelings about this. And I was actually, uh, I found myself like a, a little disappointed in it um, in some ways. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not totally sure who the blame is on, but sort of, um, so, so my dad died um sort of 10, 10 years ago. And, you know, my mom still has a lot of his stuff and, you know, with, with her moving, that's going to be part of the process um, is, is figuring out, you know, what, what she's going to keep and what we're going to keep. And, you know, there are a lot of memories attached to it. And then she talks about that, but um, you, know, you can have a lot of feelings about it and it can feel disrespectful and like you're disrespecting their, their memory um, to to get rid of their stuff, and I was I was really hoping for more just sort of advice and sort of direction on like how to go about this, and it kind of felt like Margie was just like, no, I'm ready to do this, and I know I'm how I'm gonna do this, 
and mm-hmm. yeah like i yeah especially getting rid of her husband's clothes i think was um kind of the the main thing they focused on her getting rid of of, of her uh her husband yeah and i i think i think you know i was like she just kind of was like you know i when she was crying i was crying a little bit too when she was getting rid of the clothes because you know it's pretty visceral mm-hmm. and it's sort of but it, it didn't and it you know, because a lot, a lot of, a lot of memory is associated with stuff, um, and sometimes it can feel like when you're getting rid of stuff, you're getting rid of memories of this person, um, and it, it can be it can be hard. Yeah, I can see how uh, someone was would want um, just to see that con- spent more time confronting confronting that, like the 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 sort of inner conflict you have with that and especially for because this was a, one of the longer episodes too and it wasn't kind of addressed it was kind of like cut away like she decided to handle this by herself and then a couple of shots later the closet yeah and yeah I, I was just hoping for, for more i guess um i can't tell you though if you end up picking up um, Maria Kondo's second book, Spark Joy. She does have a chapter dedicated to this. Uh, just um, the sort of questions you ask yourself and how you would, how you decide what you want to hold on to and how you can come to terms with getting rid of things and not feeling that guilt or at least lessening mm-hmm. that guilt and thinking more about um, how you can move on while still keeping that person, uh, person's memory in you. And uh, so she talks about it in, in Spark Joy and also a, a recent book that I, uh, I read, the, I listened to the audiobook for, uh, Fumio Sasaki's Goodbye Things has a chapter on this as well, if you wanted to look into it or if our listeners wanted to, uh, just to, just to hear someone talk about it more. Cause I also, I also remember, you know, my, uh, my, my grand, my mom's grand, um, dad died when I was, um, when I was like three or four. And so I know, I never really met him cause he wasn't really forming long-term memories at that point. But, you know, like my, my grandmother kept a lot of his stuff around and sort of, I remember, you know, he had like a, 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 a tool, you know, he was an engineer and he had like a, a tool like a whole lot of tools and like a whole tool room. And I remember going to visit and sort of seeing all of it and playing with it. And it's sort of, um, you know, I, I could, his presence was still there in my childhood through that. Mm-hmm. And even though I never really met him in a lot of ways, I felt like I could know him a bit and that, that felt pretty powerful. Um, yeah. And sort of that, you know, your your memory the memory of of a loved one can live on through generations through their stuff um and i don't know i, don't, I got i had some feels about that <laughs> um yeah yeah that's a i mean that is a good argument against clearing house on all that stuff and I mean, it's not something that you yeah. have to do some people some people feel they need to move on and things are taking up a lot of space like especially if if you don't have mm-hmm. that much room in your home or if you have a more um 
extreme like hoarding issue where you're holding on to everything because it's holding on to your past is extended on top every single thing that you end up buying like yeah so it's not something that everyone needs to do if someone passes you can still hold on to a lot of stuff yeah i I think i think you know talking about what you keep and how to keep it is is pretty valuable yeah and i I could see why you'd be disappointed that this episode didn't go more into that uh was there anything else that stood out for you um, there were some great moments this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, th- that aspect might not have uh, delivered, but there were a lot of interesting things that. Okay, I'll let you go through over some. Yeah, of the stuff I, I feel you... like I've been talking a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll let, I'll let you, you cover some of your favorites, and I'll, I'll chime in if you forget any of my favorites. <laughs> so just, just to, um, give some background, the 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 woman Margie, and her husband, who um who passed i think nine months recording before recording this uh this episode they'd been married for 40 years and she'd had a ton of his things still in the house although the house was still pretty clean and like it didn't look like a a hoarder's home and but she just had like lots of stuff stuffed away and i think the, the the immediate thing that stands out that they show from the out outside shots of the home is she had like a carousel horse yeah the fucking pony like by the window <laughs> like like with the pole and all and it was just like in, in her living room i guess right in front of the window yeah it was a lot it was it's certainly a unique piece it was like a bigger version of the um what is it uh, a christmas story with the the leg lamp no, except it was a, a carousel horse in front of the window. Calling it a leg lamp is is shots fired. What what was it? Well, how else would you describe it? Um, I, what, how did he describe just, it? It's like the leg lamp was like gaudy and sexual, and that's that's part of why the <laughs> wife hated it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this didn't have that same feel, but I mean, in in I mean, it's gaudy. It definitely it definitely is gaudy. It's a, it's a conversation piece. It was. <laughs> I'm not about to get a pony in my in my house anytime soon. Yeah, when when um when Miss Kondo walked in, it was the thing that immediately stood out to her, and I, I think uh, Margie was like, do, "Do you want to ride my pony?" <laughs> Which is such a strange way to open up. Um, this stranger that that comes into your home, and that's like one of the first things you say, and then. Um, she just, she, she said, yeah. And she just jumped on it ever the, the playful person to go along with, with whatever situations put in front of her. Uh, she, yeah, she just jumped on the horse. <laughs> I don't think I would have. I, I don't think I would have either, but yeah, it was I, a bit much. It was good TV. Well, she, like Margie was saying her husband was a large personality, larger than life. And um you saw like all his cowboy stuff going around (laughs) (laughs) it was it was was very interesting because this is all like it's not like they're in texas no it was in culver city california well did did you catch that it was his he had a cowboy phase after his hawaiian shirt phase (laughs) yeah yes and she the she um brought it up like it was a natural transition and i mean that was part of uh, a lot of the theme things she had she was going over like 
like yeah uh, we had all this these hawaiian shirts and then that just went into the cowboy phase and a lot of interesting pieces as a result yeah i mean i so i personally hate colors and i think i've talked about this a bit but i feel like mm-hmm. for, for men's clothing there is a very limited range of clothing um straight men can wear without <laughs> and cowboys and white Hawaiian shirts are two of them that are like colorful and um pretty excessive yeah that that you can get out of that box yeah that, um, and i and this kind of like and yeah, i want to qualify very very quickly before i have to apologize next episode i would say that um you know straight men should be way better about wearing more exciting stuff and that mm-hmm. you know there is there is more stuff out there but um i feel like there can be a lot of people can have a lot of baggage about sort of uh being being more fashionable <laughs> being more colorful yeah uh yeah but uh rancher rick as he goes by uh he definitely broke out of that and had <laughs> had a very interesting wardrobe and uh interesting life it looked like also there was the the great moment of uh marie condo freaking out at the empty room <laughs> just... yeah she she cleared out this um I forget. It was just like a a, a room full of junk. And it was a room was full of completely... her kids' shitty, her shitty kids' junk. I thought I kept <laughs> waiting for the kids to come and help out, and they never did. And they, no, they well, that... one of them did. Yeah. One of them did. Not. I also was like, this episode. I was like, well, her husband's dead, so we're not gonna have a shitty man for once. And then her like her her like son came in with his like awful mustache, and then never helped. <laughs> and I was like, good job. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay let me let me just say before we do another apology in the next episode that a lot of the tiding is not actually shown just uh, when um marie kondo comes and and teaches margie what to do so we don't know because there's like she goes away for a week the kids might be coming during that week and helping and someone has to be holding the camera as she cleans too oh i know this could be the kids <laughs> so probably, they probably are there helping i don't i just don't don't want to catch a lawsuit for <laughs> for um disparaging her kids <laughs> we're, we're, we're straying away from how playful she was when she found this empty room she actually collapsed on the carpet and started rolling around it was it was and- great it was a great moment yeah, I think it was. It reminds me of when you you're a kid, and I don't know if, if how often you moved around, but when you have the experience of moving into a new home, and it's completely empty, and then when you you pick out your room or you run to the living room and it's so new and you just roll around, it, that's what it reminded me of. Yes, yeah, so I I didn't move around a bunch as a kid, but I I, <laughs> I I did that in like a hotel room when I was little. Which uh-huh. is which is like the closest I got, I think. So, <laughs> really somber times, <laughs> really guarded guarded times. Um, but yeah, I I, I like that. Uh, yeah. she just gave into that joy. Yeah, it was it was a good time. Also, also she opened that one drawer and was like, "I love mess." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she was. I think Margie said that all the junk was in the drawers, mm-hmm. like all the, the actual tidying was in the closets, in the linen closets and in, in the dressers, just everything was like still in there, not attended to or organized and um, broken up into different boxes and things like that. 
all that all that stuff all those parts of the episode were great i was just you know i given the subject matter i was hoping hoping for a little bit more but it was still, it was still you know what the, the, this isn't as serious i was hoping they would do more of the the book stuff mm. because i i i don't i think i totally missed what happened at the end because she had these huge built-in bookcases and they were going through a lot of books to uh to get rid of and i wonder what they did with all that space on the bookcase after getting rid of stuff because it's a built-in and it was like a really magnificent looking setup yeah yeah it was um <laughs> I, th- I think there's supposed to be an episode about authors who have a ton of books where they really focus on the books so i'm i'm looking forward to that um oh yeah me too. i'm looking i'm looking forward to them, them showing the bonfire <laughs> you you insisting that every the whole house has to burn? Yeah. <laughs> there, We're just gonna, there's too many books in this one place. Yeah, it's 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 contaminated. It's um condemned for for too many books. It's bookworms. So I, I will say, as I was watching this episode, I was trying to get um I, I do some basic research, like trying to get name everybody's names, and so I was like looking up stuff, and I came across the Facebook page for i guess one of um the the husband's businesses and it explained a lot i think it was like a a chili place oh boy and so like the i love chili but it it explained that um the rancher rick personality and (laughs) that's funny and also also i um i i i saw that one of their posts was about one of the daughters that that was in the episode and she opened a new business for uh uh cannabis oil coffee beans like cbd i love cbd craze is is a fuck it's, it's out of control it's just like it like popped up so fast and i don't understand how it's not illegal no it's gotta be right like prom- i know in some places um promoting it or selling it is illegal or at least not regulated it's definitely not regulated oh i i actually i love chili too and i actually made chili on thursday so that was exciting. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, vegan chili. Uh, yeah, I guess it was vegan. Chili. Yeah, I need some of your tips for that because we want to make some. Also, I got a, I got a good recipe. I'll send it to you. Like that other recipe I sent you that you just ignored. <laughs> what was it for? Burritos. Oh yeah, I think I did ignore yeah. that. I I do need to I need need to actually cook these things. You should share the recipe also on um, okay. our show notes. I'll do that. That way, people will load up the show notes. Like, oh, I need to get this recipe, and oh, look at all these affiliate links. It's actually, it's actually Claire's mom's recipe. Um, oh, you were gonna take credit for it? Steel, 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 steel recipe, Valor. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, you were definitely gonna get a gonna get dunked on if you stole her <laughs> recipe from when Claire finally listens to this episode. Yeah. Like, oh, I see how it is. Yeah, every time, every time, <laughs> Claire, I was like talking with Claire, and she's like, "I need you." I need you here while I listen to this episode so I can tell you everything I'm mad at. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I hope I hope this um recording this actually brings you closer together. <laughs> it hopefully will. <laughs> that you're able you're able to share this thing that you've produced. She's she's been enjoying it and well I we'll, we'll get her on at some point. Um I think I was talking with her about yeah. it. It's good to hear that one person is enjoying this show. So, Kenny, what have we learned in this episode? I've learned that you don't vacuum enough. 
We gotta go back to that. I already said I was embarrassed about it. We didn't have to bring it up. I vacuumed today, so that I'm not gonna make a promise that I'm gonna vacuum more. That's that's good. But I I I recognize that I do need to do it because I need to get more uh, cost per use value out of my vacuum, and um, and like I said, I have fun doing it and I feel good right after it. Like I'm I might go roll on the carpet, uh, Mario Kondo style, after this. It's it's funny. You talk about cost per use, and I'm uh-huh. I'm like I'm just like oh I just like it being clean. But Claire's like the same way, where it's it's sort of like it's very important that like she gets good value out of of all all the stuff we have. Yeah, it's that maximizer mentality that we have. We both have. <laughs> I definitely sound like a cornball because I'm always thinking in my head and bringing up. Oh yeah, like I joke about cost per use, but low key, it's not a joke. It's definitely. <laughs> being tracked in my head uh so what i learned in this episode is um i need more vests i saw that uh, margie had a, a pretty nice vest, vest collection in her closet and i've just recently in the past year discovered the value of of vests and keeping your, your core temperature warm and having extra pockets because you're not just wearing a t-shirt Ooh. and so i respect it and I, I want I want more vests. Are you going to get the Frank Ocean vest? Oh, the Scott E vest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you saw that. <laughs> I don't I don't know about these like these things that look like they're straight out of Kickstarter, where they're like these 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 clothes like coats or vests with like thirty different functions for travelers. Like I don't know about this. It seems like two as seen on TV uh, kind of deals. I trust Frank Ocean. Not- um. So if I, if I was shopping for, if I wanted one of these things, I'd get it. Also, this is like the most Amazon affiliate links we're ever going to have. <laughs> well, like my, my issue with the vest is it also, it, it doesn't look like it's the, I'm not a fan of the silhouette. Like it's very, like mm. you're on a safari I, I type deal instead of, although I think, um, I know that there's like an Instagram account, which is like uh called like something like Manhattan uniform. And it's of like guys who who uh, work at like um, work at like firms who are walking around in button ups and vests, walking around Manhattan. Okay. And them being clown upon, so I kind of feel like a clown in that way, in that I'm wearing a kind of Manhattanish uniform. But um, I mean, you don't live yeah, in Manhattan, so. Yeah, I know. I just I just like vests, and I I like one with a nice silhouette. Yeah, that's fair. And I like the extra pockets. Vests, vests are nice. It, they get kind of a bad rap because when I was younger, when I thought of vests, I thought of like super formal wear or um, like people who need like things to put a pocket watch in. And I mean, where else are you going to put your pocket people watch? Who, well, people who have no business carrying a pocket watch. No, needing pocket nobody watch. has or, any business carrying a pocket watch. <laughs> it's called your fucking or, phone. Oh, yeah. that's Or, or like... um. The the other th- image that came to mind are like um, teenagers working at movie theaters, <laughs> having vests on for some reason, and them like having oil stains from popcorn, and it's it's not a good look. Don't and so don't, I think don't be bagging on teenagers working at movie theaters. That's don't punch down. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm not. Like, uh, that's it's a very respectable job. Like my sister worked as one for a while, but it's it's not like. It's not how it's not a, a look that you um, feel 
comfortable in. I don't know because it's very uniformy. I feel that. instead of uh, something that you feel looks stylish, and that's why I feel like there needs more. There needs to be more examples of people looking stylish wearing vests in um, in in TV and film. And I I thought that like Margie pulled off the vest very well, and I I was very excited about her collection in her closet. You need to watch like the L word or something. Holy shit, we talked about, we talked a lot <laughs> about vests. Okay. <laughs> listen. Uh, you watch you you listen. watch more gay TV if you if you need more vest inspiration. Is this true? Is this what I've been missing out on? Yeah, like all, are there like, lot lots of vests? Yeah, like uh lots of vest. Like the L word is tons of people wearing vests and that. Okay, I'll I'll check out more stuff. Um, so our Twitter handles, if people want to follow us for some reason, mine is at Tiny Cartridge. I'm at NR Simon Moon. Yeah, well, people need a way to complain at you because they're complaining at me, who as we've all we've seen the past month. Right, so I can't you be ha- taking you have all a brand, this heat. And that brand is, is Nintendo video games, and people are. It's Nintendo video games and it's vests. Okay. Now. That's my brand. It's a it's a it's a good brand. <laughs> Well, of course, my good appeal. All right, thank, <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening to this garbage. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, follow us. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a great review. Shout outs to who left us a great review. Let's let's look it up. I want to I want to I want to read the review because I was very appreciative of it. On um, well, yeah. Just search for Condo Comrades on iTunes and um. This review was left by Joker Town Population Me. Yes, that's their actual name. I'm not making that up. It said Kenny and Eric made me burn my books, but now I'm warm. So toasty. So yeah, that's important because it's it's super cold right now that's all around the country. Guys. And yeah, so stay warm, burn your books, um burn your non-darn tough socks. We're still looking for that sponsorship. Uh so hit us up. Um burn your board games and burn your racism.